Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Episode 54, November the 9th, 2012. The one when we flopped twice. You are listening to This Is Atleti, the only podcast in English dedicated to Atletico de Madrid. In today's episode... Double defeat for Atleti versus Valencia and Academica and our longest streak in history. A Simeone lost his touch. Cholo may have some lineup decisions to make for Sunday's match against Etafe, given injuries to regular starters Mario and Miranda. Fonfron is called into the Spanish side for a trip that had, has everyone moaning in Spain. Yeah, we're going the FIFA list for Coach of the Year has one major absentee, Europa League and European Super Cup winner, Solo Simeone. Is there something afoot? And now the red and white pack of the week. Prior to the match against Valencia, Aledi had gone 24 straight games with at least one goal. Let's hope our boys can get back on the scoring track on Sunday. Hello everyone, welcome back to This is Atleti, your space of 100% Atletico Madrid news and opinion. This is Ricardo Menendez once again, hosting the show, and today we have a full house. Um, let me say hi to our co-host from the top, Gary. How are you, Gareth Nunn? Good evening, gents. How are things? Great, great to have you on. Um, it's It's been a time. Um, and we also have Martin Rose now. Hey, good evening, guys. Yeah, and last but not least, Derek Mayen from Holland. How are you? It's a pleasure, guys. Yeah, and uh, in fact, I think that we, we should point out that we're having Martin and Derek live, and we're going to be enjoying them in Madrid really soon, right, guys? Absolutely, that's the plan, and um, we're making it over there in a little while, so uh, prepare yeah. yourselves, Madrid. Fan clubs of Derek and Martin, you can come over for the Sevilla match. They're going to be around, and we'll be having a few drinks to, to celebrate. Uh, well, uh, taking it from the top... Um, Double defeat. I I I, I was quite uh, taken by surprise uh, by by both defeats, both Valencia and Academica. I wasn't ex- exactly expecting um, neither defeat, but especially um, to to go scoreless against both sides and and receiving as many as four goals and the horrible match we played against Academica. What's your take on on this, guys? Um, for example, let's start with Gary. Well, I say the table never lies, but at the moment it kind of is because Valencia are not a side that you expect to be so low down in the league. Uh, we knew that we knew a defeat was coming, uh, and we saw exactly why Atleti cannot win La Liga at the moment against Valencia because we just don't have that creative midfielder like we had last season with Diego. We have the organization, we have a squad, but we just don't have that bit of flair. Uh, we had more shots on target than Valencia, but they had two, and they scored the two. 
And we've had terrible luck at the Mestalla in recent years. And we really, a lot of people have said that it was our first test. And uh, Cholo said it wasn't because Chelsea and Malaga. But it was our first away test. It's going to wake us up. A lot of people are predicting now it's the apocalypse. I don't know. I think uh, Sunday's game against Hitafe we're going to really say. Because academic as well, I think we should have played a lot better. Uh, it was a poor game. We really had to... We've been talking about how well the fringe players have been doing lately. But uh, they let us down big time last night. But um, this is really not just uh, where we see how the team is. We're going to also see how uh, Simeone is. Because we need a result on Sunday, definitely. And we need to bounce back. And a positive result in the Calderon will really help us out. Uh-huh. I really don't, I really yes, don't right think there. that this is any indication that things are going um, the wrong way for Atletico. If anything, the result against Valencia, it was coming um, at some point. I mean, we couldn't uh, keep up this streak um, the entire season. So you know that at one point you are going to lose. And to be honest, I was more worried about our performance um, at Academica because I thought that that was actually a very sloppy performance with a lot of mistakes made. And um, I think that we played a decent game um, at Mestalla. I'm not sure if you agree, uh, Martin. I totally agree. Uh, I was optimistic about going in there. I thought we could win. Uh, to me, uh, in the end, it's one of those games that could have gone either way. Yeah, we lost 2 nothing, but the second goal was scored with like a minute left, and it pretty much ended the game. And uh, to me, going into that game, there were some strange decisions by Cholo. You guys recall, uh, he went with Embry and Thiago, and he benched Mario and Koke, which was a real surprise. Uh Nonetheless, uh, I, I thought it was a real shame we couldn't capitalize on, I think we had 10 corner kicks to one against, you know, Valencia. And like Gary said, we outshot them. The, the, the I, team I, does seem to, to be struggling to be as effective as, as at the beginning of, of the season. I don't know if you, you're getting the same feeling. Definitely, I'm not seeing the same, um, Solidness we 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 were exp- we we were seeing at the beginning well, of the season, which is probably normal because we were yeah, outstandingly people, solid. Brian, people like Cholo has said teams are preparing for us now. Mm-hmm. As, as before, you know, they were like, okay, it's Atleti, they're inconsistent, and then once we started showing that we could be consistent, now they prepare for us. Uh, it seems like they're they're going they're like taking advantage of the Cholo philosophy now. I saw that more against Academica where now, you know, they're ceding possession to us and we've we've talked about it before that whenever we have possession, it's aimless possession where you know, we we just can't do anything with it. The, the team isn't built to to um lead the game and and um, there's, have there's the ball an interesting fact there guys. Um this season Atletico has um um, had more possession in two games, and both of those games we lost points. It's against Levante and against Valencia. Yeah, and you're wondering if it's a coincidence because it doesn't seem so. You know, and and we talked about uh, yesterday. We were a couple of us were talking about it being like the Manzano style of okay, let's try to emulate, you know, the the tiki taka style. Let's pass around triangular movements, and really, it just doesn't work for us. And when Cholo came up aboard last year, he that's the first thing he changed. It seems against Valencia that we that Simeone went for a more defensive approach by playing Emre and uh, and Thiago in midfield. And mm-hmm. I wonder, Gary, do you think that 
his decision backfired and it made uh, it, well the Wiven didn't have as much as a punch going forward. I think we've been writing. <clears throat> excuse me. I think we've been writing our look uh, lately in a couple of games where we've come out with results in the last minute, and I think it's been cut paper in the cracks. Uh, there has been a lot of mistakes where we haven't taken advantage where we should. Uh, I think as well, one of the big things that this game showed up as well was that Atletico simply can't dominate possession. We rely on the other team to do a lot of the dog work, a lot of the running, and then we try to get them on the break or we try to get them with three or four movements. In in fact, um, what Derek was saying before, um, it's not the two games that we've had more possession against Academico. I was was looking up that fact while Derek was saying it. 66% possession for Atletico. That just goes to show... Um, yeah, something that Aguirre used to say a lot. It's not and in, how much you have the ball; it's what you do with it. Well, the, um, the there's a, it's, it's a typical expression: uh, possession, shots on targets, corners, fouls, and all those statistics don't matter. The, the statistics is the one that's in the top uh, left-hand corner of your screen, yeah. which is uh, Atletico Madrid zero. Our Valencia won Atletico Madrid zero. That's the ultimate statistic, and it's the only one that counts at the end of the game. I think uh, we're playing a lot in the midfield, and now we're seeing, as uh, Courtois said, I think it was Courtois said, that teams have moved now, and teams now know how to play against us, and uh, they've changed their styles. It used to be that we used to adapt for them, now they're adapting to us. And this is the second, this was always going to happen under, uh, when you become a successful team, you see it at Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona don't adapt their style for anybody. You adapt for them. And this is something, you mean, with any big side that they need to get used to. And in one sense, it's a compliment that teams start to fear you. In another sense, it's uh, it's another headache for the coaches. But as I agree with Derek, I mean, it's not uh, something, you mean, it's not the end of an era. It's not time to start saying, let's sack the coach. But I do think it's something where we're going to see how the team get out of this. Because it... It was disappointing of Valencia. Everybody predicted we were going to recover this Thursday. We haven't. And Hitafe away. Hitafe always worried me because they're a side that have nothing to lose. They don't need to win in the Calderon. They can lose 5 or 6 nil, and they can shrug it off. But we can't shrug off a 1 nil defeat. And that's always something that kind of puts something, a bit of doubt into my mind. So we need to really recover. We've got some key players that are going to be missing. And we've always we've said the French players have stepped up this year in the Europa League. They didn't step up yesterday. And are we sure they're going to step up tomorrow, uh, on Sunday? Mm. But actually, what French players did we have um, last night? There weren't that many. Well, the defense was made up by reserve players. And you could clearly tell because there were some lapses in concentration with all four of our back, back four and with Asenjo as well, who didn't seem as sharp and as focused and... Um, it led to a mistake by Puyido, who conceded the penalty. But even before that, Silvio wasn't paying attention on uh, the opening goal, while Cata Diaz and Asenjo both made mistakes in the first half as well. So yeah. I do think that on some occasions you take a risk as a coach where you say, all right, I'm going to give these guys a run out. I'm going to um, uh, give them some confidence. But against academic at backfired simply for the fact that the entire team seemed to be lacking some... Uh, focus on mentality, perhaps, and that was one of the first times under Simeone's command that I got the impression that the team wasn't entirely up for it. And you guys I think, think he's gonna, Derek? Do you think he's gonna, you know, put in some more starters next time? 
Oh, um, well, I, I think, yeah, but, um, let me answer that one. Uh, I think yeah, there, there, there are many players that have gone from second line to what Gary was saying to a total fringe player that, um, is, is, is not going to get hardly any playing time at all. Um, and like Silvio, for example. I, I, I think that Silvio's case is different. I think that Silvio's had playing time these two matches, which he hasn't used for, for nothing, um, just to get a, just to get him showcased in case um, he can get a, uh, a transfer to a Portuguese side in the in the December transfer uh, um, market window. That's the only way I would I would understand that he has a, a solid backup like Kader and and he would prefer to use Silvio, who is so out of shape. And and yesterday's first goal is a perfect example of what not to do to to. Um, uh, defend a, uh, a striker and, and half of last night's, uh, first goal is, is Silvio's fault straight away. And yeah. he's, he's just not up to the level. And, oh. uh, and the thing is that certain players that were getting some minutes, they, they underperformed. Sorry, uh, Ricky, you say Silvio's not up to the level. Do you mean that he's not match fit or he's just not suited to this side or suited to the Spanish game? Because if I, I think to... he's, he's, he's mentally not prepared because okay. I think he is a good player. Okay, okay. I, agree, I, agree. I think that's it's a the, mental that's thing. the worst thing about it. Motivational thing. Um, he, he, he did seem like an outstanding player. The first matches he played for Atletico, he's just, um, deflated mm, yeah. so drastically. Personally, if we had the Silvio of maybe October last year, I would play him ahead of one front. I would but play him uh, ahead of any player, yeah. He yeah. was he was incredible. He was probably the best defense in the team. Yeah, and we were so happy because we actually thought, wow, we've got a right back. But it's true, he yeah. just doesn't... He even looks sad and depressed when he's playing. He doesn't even look happy to be playing. It's But there seems to be a bit of a, a mystery because there's nothing being leaked to the press... There's nothing be I mean, it's, we know he wants to go, but generally these type of stories, especially Mendes as well, if Mendes wanted him gone, he would have leaked something at the, but there's nothing being leaked. He was, he was willing to take a move to Valladolid in the very last minute of the transfer window. Moving to Valladolid is not a step forward. Definitely. It's a, it's a pity. It's yeah. It's a yeah. real pity. I really can't understand why that happened, but well, um, you were addressing the, the question to Derek. Maybe you want to add something to that. Um, well, Martin, you were asking me about what do you, what do we expect for the Hapoel game? Because do Atletico need to secure a win there? Um, I'm not so worried about it. We collected Well, nine a lot points. of it, Derek, sorry, a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm going to be at that game. So <laughs> <laughs> kind of hoping no, that. You're personally worried about the fact. <laughs> We've already collected uh, three wins and we're practically in the next round already and um, Simeone never plays 11 backup players. He always makes a mix of some starters, some backup players, and I'm pretty sure that it's in between a, a week with matches against Granada and then the big one against Sevilla coming up. So I do think that we'll still see Falcao um, sitting that one out, especially because there are, of course, some rumors going around that we're um, resting Falcao in the Europa League to uh, keep his prize up for an event or well, a possible transfer in the January transfer window um so yeah but that's been sure long you're long not going to see your, your big uh colombian um uh countryman in that particular game and you right. think he's not playing not against hapwell really i i i wouldn't unless, i i would be i would be very surprised 
unless if, we manage after to not getting the, the result, if after not getting the result, he would um, Simeone would risk uh, not having his his only effective striker on on the pitch. Maybe because, keep him on the bench like the first half. You know, call him up for that game, and then if we're down or, or zero zero, maybe call him in for the second half. That's the only thing I could see. But I agree with Derek. It seems unlikely that Simeone is going to change his approach. The other thing is, I think we're reading too much into the Academica performance. I've seen a lot of over, overreaction on Twitter. People, I've seen... But don't you think because it was, it was falling back into um, previous year attitudes? It's, I mean, how can you say if only like two or three regular starters, you know what I mean, uh, playing and then like everybody else, they don't have regularity together. I, I, I don't see how you can... Yeah, and, 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 um, More like a preseason game. No, but you need to have a squad. And I'm sorry, but we can't use this as an excuse because three weeks ago we were praising the fact that we had these players that we could call on them. There, 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 there are two players that are definitely not fit um, to be on the on the roster. And, and in my then opinion... The question that, is, then we have to question why did Simeone play them? And, and, the, uh, and he played them as starters. Yeah, um, and, and he's consistently playing one of them as starter as a starter, and I find that really surprising. I I haven't been able to find a single person that would defend the cause of having Tiago play so many minutes. Oh, I could go back to six or seven months ago, and no, I no, 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 no. But I'm talking about this Tiago, this out of shape, this um the post, same Tiago that we signed from Juventus, who was the exact same at Juventus. And I got so many comments and so many people slagging me off when two certain gentlemen were saying that we should sign Tiago permanently. Thank fuck his contract is out at the end of the season. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, I, I think he's just he's just not um, uh, uh, physically fit to to compete in La Liga. I don't think he, I think he's a good sub. I think he's a good influence to have around because he's a he's a model professional. He's not the type of guy that's going to go out to the bars and get pissed every weekend. Uh, I think he's good to have some of the young players around because he's been around the block. He knows what it's like to play at the top clubs. Some of the man that's played at uh, Chelsea, uh, Leon, and uh, uh, Juventus uh, sides that have won the league. You mean he, he is uh, a professional? He's won many, many, many trophies also in Portugal as well. So it's good to have around with the young kids and all. But he's just Thiago's always this way. We always had this problem with Thiago that he loses his form for two or three months and then he comes back and he impresses us. Uh, the other day I had to do a Falcao article, so I was going back through a lot of Simeone's first press conferences, and there's a lot of praise for Thiago in those press conferences. And if you go back and start reading some of the articles, uh, I think both on Atletico fans and Madrid Atleticos back in December we were starting to question him last season. A lot, and then he kind of turned around on the Simeone. Uh, I think he's the type of player that's always had to play. He's not a player that can be called in uh, all of a sudden and said, "Right, play this." He's a player that needs consistency. He's a player that needs to play regularly to get his good form. And unless he gets that, he just can't play. Mm -hmm. I have the feeling that Simeone uses him because, in the eyes of Simeone, he adds some muscle to the midfield. But I actually think it's working against him because Simeone, oh, sorry, Thiago seems to be. Um, uh, struggling with his fitness, as Ricky mentioned, and I think that perhaps his biggest strength, beside his experience, would be his physicality. But he seems to be losing it. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, about uh, about the 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 other issue that I wanted to bring up, especially after 
last night. Um, do you still find Asenjo as irrelevant as I do? I just don't think he makes a difference. And he's a six million euro player. Yeah, but if you don't give him any playing time, it's normal. And especially a goalkeeper. It's perfectly well, normal that he's not into the game. He needs games. He needs time. And there's no point as well. He's got this problem. Asenko could play the greatest game of his life against Academica. He could play the greatest game of his life against Apoel. But he knows on the weekend he's back on the bench. So, I mean, he, he's got nothing to inspire to. There's there's something else, though, that could inspire him, possibly. Because I think that we all uh, know that Kukwaz leaving at the end of the season. There's no way that Chelsea's going to let him stay with us when they're apparently looking to send him on loan. Uh, so, what, do you guys think that um, Atletico will put trust in Asenjo to make him our, our first choice next season? Or are we going to look for another first goalkeeper? What do you think, Martin? I really think that we're going to look for somebody else. Uh, I, I personally, I lean with Ricky here where... He doesn't inspire much confidence in me, and I, I just don't see, even with regularity, that he's going to like show some drastic improvement. And I've even seen rumors already. I mean, it was punto pelota, but still, you know. I see rumors that we're already looking up, we're looking for another another goalie to replace Courtois. Well, um, punto pelota is probably the, the, the less serious option you have to find some information. Yeah, 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 right. Um, and uh, sorry, we're getting some some background noise there. Uh, um, what about Joel? Aren't you guys surprised that that Joel isn't getting even the chance to to sit on the bench in certain matches? For example, I think that Hein would have been a, a great chance to to play him, or or um, well, last night would have been a great chance to at least have him travel. I would love to ask team. you or Gary how um, you guys think that Joel's performing in a training because I'm sure you guys seen him train this season a couple of times. I did it the, uh, during the preseason, but um, I can't give you much more information besides that. I do know that he's um, he, he was expecting to be uh, sent away alone. Um, what 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 do you guys what do you guys um, it, it definitely think? is yeah it's definitely a strange situation because at least last season although um, that was still under Manzano of course but at that time that you got a feeling that all three goalkeepers were actively involved and now really Joel is like a, a backup that we really only will use if we are desperately in need of a goalkeeper but he doesn't seem to be involved at all and I don't think that Simeone is going to give him any chances unless Courtois or Asenjo pick up a serious injury or pick up a suspension. But he, he, he isn't um, really in, in the books, it seems. he's And he's not going anywhere either. So I'm hoping for Joel, for his own sake, for his development, that we can send him on loan again because this isn't helping anyone. Gary, did you... I mean, you got to see some of Joel at Rayo. What, what did you think of his performances there? I saw... Enough for Rayo. Sorry? Enough for Rayo. Maybe not no, enough for Rayo. No, he wasn't good enough for Rayo. And that's the thing. We uh, we got to see Joel and we got to see Polito and we got to ex see exactly what they were. Two very, very talented youngsters. Two very, very inexperienced players. Joel did quite well at Rayo, but he made some 
innocent mistakes that a young def- uh, young keeper can't make. The problem was he wasn't uh, he wasn't Rayo's keeper. So, for example, when the Gea made these mistakes, we all supported him and we all got and we all clapped and we all chanted his name and we all got behind him. When Joel made these mistakes at Rayo, they applauded, but they didn't have the passion because he wasn't their player. He wasn't their cantera. So it's normal. The same with Polito. Polito came in a blaze of glory at Rayo and he had some great games. I said on this podcast, I thought I was seeing a future captain of Atletico Madrid because he liked to organize, but he still made inexperienced mistakes. He needs playing time. He needs to play. He needs to get out there. He needs to show that he, he needs time. The problem is, where will he get it at the moment? I mean, there's very few clubs that have an opening. And I don't think going to the Segunda is actually a good move for him. He needs to play Primera. There, there are teams that have that have openings. I mean, um, Rayo has has horrible. Ra- no, Rayo has not got a problem. Rayo have got Ruben from Malaga. They're not going to move Ruben from Malaga. Gary, could, could it be an issue that we um, wouldn't be able to find proper replacements and um, that that could be the reason that we're keeping these Cantoranas around. Well, to be perfectly honest, um, this summer I love Courtois. He's brilliant, but I wanted to sign Lopez from Villarreal. I thought it was the perfect moment. As great as Courtois is, we would have had uh, Diego um, Lopez. Another or... Madridista. You go on with this silly Madridista crap, but then you go on about one friend playing for La Selección. So, <laughs> you're Madridista, it's very, <laughs> very selective, but you want to, Yeah, you, it's very selective. But uh, he is a fantastic goalkeeper. He is someone we would have had for at least five or six years, and for €3 million. Euro, and I think that what really was the worst part was, I think we're playing Chelsea a million for Courtois. So, it would have been two extra million, and we would have had a keeper for five or six years. Million and a half for Courtois the second year. Yeah, so a what one and a half million season? we would have had a world class keeper. No, I can understand. We we sold the hair for let's say seven million euros, and I think I'm being very generous there. No, the hair was nineteen. Yeah. Nineteen million. Come on. Are it was nineteen million. It was released on the Manchester United books. I don't watch the Atletico Madrid books, but I watched the Manchester. United. They paid nineteen million. That was the big problem. How uh, much? How much will we pay over the next decade for goalkeepers? We've already that, paid two million and a half for Courtois. But that was the idea: sign someone like Lopez, an experienced shot stopper that you know is going to do it week in, week out, and there you have uh, at least for five or six years. So I mean, he's thirty. Would it be an, uh, a solution to sign another player like Cata Diaz and actually send Jorge Pulido away for a while? Well, that's what I honestly believe that the likes of signing Cata Diaz on a two-year contract to me, I thought that was the idea beside, around that signing because get Pulido, send him out for two years, get him experience, and if he doesn't develop, what have you lost? Because if he goes, for example, to someone like Rayo, someone like Valladolid, uh, I'm not going to say other clubs because I don't want to. I mean, I'm not saying that these are bad clubs. I'm just saying that they don't have, they have a need for that type of player. And if he plays regularly there and he makes mistakes, what does it cost Atletico? It costs us nothing. He's made the mistake for them. He hasn't made the mistake in our defence, but he's getting at least 30 games a season. So in two years, you can sit down and you can go, yes, it's what, look, but that's risky because you can you can go you can go through the same situation that Ruben Perez had at Hetafe where the coaches said, I don't I, I don't care about this player, he's not mine, I'm not gonna play him. Well yeah, Ricky, but let, let me counter that by 
let me counter that by giving Mario Suarez as an example, because this week you wrote a fantastic piece on Mario and his a career path, and, well, look and, at how he turned out. And let me counteract that again, Derek, with saying <laughs> Diego Costa, another player that proves Derek's but, but, point. But, exactly. but that's, uh, but yeah, but um, Rayo was desperate to get a striker. And, and Diego Costa was desperate to get games. He scored 10 true. goals. Atletico are reaping the rewards of that loan. It was, it was it was a risky move for both sides, and everyone was successful there. It was, it was a win-win a risk, situation. It wasn't a risky move on Atletico. Atletico weren't going to play him. Adrian was in fine form. Atletico had no place for him. So they no, no. I, I mean, it was it was risky for Diego Costa, and it was risky for, for Rayo. But exactly. But it paid off. You it mean? paid off uh, well, incredibly well for both sides, I think. Because yes. Diego Costa was crucial to to um, to secure uh, not being relegated. But um, what I was what I was um, saying is that the, the situation with Mario Suarez was that he was he was sold to a different club um, with a with a uh, with a buyback option, and that that might be the situation that we need to face with Joel and Pulido to just sell them at a at an um, adequate price. And secure that we can buy them back. Quick question, uh, guys, in between. We can um, still um, buy back Ignacio Camacho until the end of this year, right? Is that true? I believe so. I yes, I've, that, heard, you know? I've heard that as well. I'm and not 100% sure if it's... Uh, but I've heard it too. Well, I had no idea about that. Doing, he's doing pretty well for them. He is doing uh, pretty well. Um Thing is that he's not he's not actually an Atletico Canterano. He's he's in the same situation as uh, he's from Zaragoza, I believe. Yeah, he 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 played one year for Atletico B and and then um, made it into the uh, first team. But well, he's a, he's a he's a very good player. Hang on, Ricky. If Barcelona can claim that Pedro who is signed <laughs> at eighteen is Cantera, we can claim Camacho as Cantera. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> sure we can, but um, Pedro's probably not Cantera of Barcelona either. It's the same situation. Um, yeah, and well, uh, looking ahead, uh, what about uh, what about the the situation with the injuries? Are you guys worried that uh, we won't be able to 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 fill the spots on on the starting eleven in a secure enough way, especially when? Some doubts might might arise after a couple of of sour results. Um, Martin, for example, I'd be more concerned if it were an away game. Uh, I, I obviously I'd love to keep Miranda and Godin in the back. Uh, I guess what would it be, Godin and and Catadillas? Mm-hmm. And then uh, we got Thiago and Gabi. Mario, Mario got a serious sprain. That's very very painful, and and it, he probably won't be fit to play. I think as well there might be something else a little bit behind these injuries because we got Miranda, uh, who probably would have been going away with Brazil. We've also maybe with Spain going to Panama. I think a lot of people were saying that Mario might have been called up as well. This is a very long trip. No, a lot of Spanish clubs are fuming about it. We mentioned it in the headlines. And so it is actually quite good for us to have injuries because... Clubs don't want to send their players to this game in Panama. They don't want to send. I think Brazil are playing out, and I can't remember exactly where they're playing, but they have got they're a very, very, very far trip. Well, they're playing in New Jersey against Colombia, so. Yeah, yeah, and they don't want these games. So don't be surprised if you see the likes of Falcao hobbling on Sunday as well, because. <laughs> This is a typical thing. You see this all the time in England with uh, clubs claiming such a player is injured, such a player is injured, and 
it's something that I think we might see as well this weekend with quite a lot of clubs. The problem is Spain have signed an agreement with Panama that 75% of their World Cup and European Cup winning side are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, hi, Billy. How are you? Uh, hi, guys. Good to be back on. <laughs> Let's say hi to <laughs> me, Billy Edwards. We, we, we've got the great pleasure to say hi to Billy again. Um, he's been having some some problems with his Skype. Uh, well, Billy, we're just talking about um, these two sour defeats that we've had recently, and, and it's great to have you on because we, we still haven't talked too much about the Cantera players. I wanted to ask you your opinion about um, last night's match, especially, and since you're a great um, uh, Saul lover, um, to give us your opinion about Saul's performance in particular. Um. Yeah, well, he was playing out of position, so I think it was tough for him in his first game. Um, and even though he got he was taken off at half time, I, I didn't think he did too badly. Um, you know, he looked quite strong and confident and ready to handle uh, the physical demands of playing at the top level. So I think he gave a good account of himself, and hopefully we'll see him in the first team again soon. Mhm. And um, what's your what's your opinion about these two last defeats? Um, yeah, it's disappointing, but. Um, especially the one against Academica, I don't think that'll have too much of an effect on us because, you know, the big players didn't play. And, you know, with 23 um, unbeaten games in a row, uh, we know that, you know, an attitude is built up in the team where, uh, you know, they have a winning mentality. And I think if we can get three points in Katafe on Sunday, um, it won't it won't be much of an issue and we'll be able to carry on like we were before. Yeah, thank God you agree with us. <laughs> and you didn't say exactly the opposite of what we've been talking about for the last 20 minutes. Um, well, uh, we, we, guys, we were talking about the, the injuries and, and you were saying, Gary, um, because you have some information that Mario could be called up for the, for the national team? I've heard that there was because there's a lot of players expected, uh, that mightn't be getting called up. So the, it was first rumored that only 18 Spanish players were going to go to Panama. Now they're saying maybe it's 23. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for example, Xavi's well, not the, go- the, the list is 18, isn't it? Is it? Has it been confirmed as 18? I know Xavi Alonso and uh, Xavi Hernandez are both out. That's what I've heard this afternoon. They're both out. They're not going. Uh, there's rumors whether Iniesta might get an injury this weekend. So to fill it, <laughs> he might get an injury this weekend. <laughs> there's uh, rumors that it was going to be between Benya and uh, Mario Suarez. And a lot of Betis fans are very upset that Benya is going because that means he has to come back and he's got Sevilla next. But Mario has been impressing uh, Vicente del Bosque. And there was rumors that he was very, very close, and this was probably going to be a game where he would get his chance. But I think that if Mario has a knock right now, and maybe we can discuss the injuries later, then Aledi will surely try to prevent um, him from going all the way to uh, Latin America. I think that's what we're going to see. I think we're going to see Atletico exaggerating a lot of the injuries this week. And as I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Falcao limp off the pitch if Atletico are winning comfortably. Uh, Miranda, as we said, is probably going to be missing. I think maybe we might even see Godin limp off the pitch as well. I mean, uh, I understand uh, FIFA have to fill their quota, but these games, you mean, it's stupid. It really, really is stupid to send a player 10,000 kilometers away for a fucking friendly in Panama. Well done, the Federation of Spain. Once again, you managed to find a way to balls it up completely. It's a cash cow that they're very happy to milk. And by the time they're finished, it's going to be one anorexic looking cow. But, uh, 
it's just something that I can see a lot of Atletico players, maybe even Arda Turan as well. You might see him with a few hobbles towards the end of the game. It's it's definitely an 18-player list. It's definitely. It's been confirmed as 18. Yes, yes it because is. Because pa- Panama, I can't remember the organizers. I, oh, I did this in a piece a couple of weeks ago, and they were demanding 23. The thing is that if uh, if they play, um, they they're they're not taking um, Arbeloa, surprisingly enough. Um, so, do you think that Juan Fran will will get some uh, playing time, or will they be playing Martin Montoya, who still has no? Started this is the problem. In the agreement, it's a seventy five percent. Now, this is there is a bit of an argument between the Spanish Federation and the. It's not the Panama FA. This has been. Uh, uh, rent, this is an organization in Panama that have organized this game and they're charging between 80 euros, I think, for tickets. And the problem is that Spain are claiming that they have to bring 75% of the World Cup winning and Europa League, or European Championship winning squad. Pan, the Panama organizers are saying that they have to bring uh, 75% of the World Cup winning and uh, European Championship winning starting 11 and this is where the problem is because some people are saying that it's uh some people it's it's very confusing because one is saying one one is saying the other if it's the 75% of the squad we are going to see one France start <laughs> yeah um but we're getting severely off topic so um let's just say that i i, I can see Juan from playing that that match uh especially because it's worth nothing if it were if it were a qualifying match i don't think that um uh, Juan Fran would would get any minutes, and he he just got to play because Arbeloa got injured in the Does first. Does he place deserve to get any minutes after the France display? <laughs> ah, so so you're the one that says we have to back up De Gea whenever he makes a mistake, but you wouldn't back up Juan Fran. Uh, loving to quote Mr. Mendes, to quote Mr. Mendes, Madridista, Madridista. <laughs> okay, um, let's go on, and and this is a topic that uh, Gary, when we were preparing for the for the show, really wanted to stress out. Um, you you wrote a bit of piece about uh, Cholo Simeone not, not being uh, selected for the uh, Coach of the Year award. Yeah, I completely understand FIFA's uh, reason for this because I mean, at the end of the day, what has Cholo Simeone done this season? All he has won is the he's won the Europa League, he's won the European Super Cup. He has got a side that were you know complete absolute shambles to second place actually for a spell joint leader in La Liga. He's got a Colombian striker banging in goals left, right and centre. Uh, I mean, obviously nothing compared to the great five months that Pep Guardiola did of, you know, winning the Copa del Rey because we all know the Copa del Rey is the most important competition in the world. And also Alex Ferguson, who saw his side throw away an eight-point lead in the Premier League. It's got nothing to do with the work that Simeone does. It's an absolute fucking disgrace. And I am going to say... <laughs> okay. There we it's go. an absolute disgrace this is once again FIFA showing that they couldn't organize a piss up in a brewery uh, they have admitted that Pep Guardiola and Ferguson were nominated for past achievements which basically yeah. goes to show that uh, coach of the year has actually got nothing to do with coach of the year Italian coach got nominated as coach of the year for seeing his side hammered 4-0 in the final of the Europa League, uh, the European Championships uh, Conte of Juventus didn't get nominated neither it's an absolute joke I fully agree with Gary, and I'm actually reading the official press announcement here by the UEFA. It's it's on the oh, sorry by the FIFA. It's on their website, and it's literally saying 
Um, Pep Guardiola did not enjoy the same success in 2012 as he had done in previous years. So then why is he nominated? And it's the exact same thing for... Uh, for five months' Ferguson. work. Five well, months. It, it reads right here, Sir Alex Ferguson will probably not look back too fondly on 2012, having seen his Man United team eliminated, etc., etc., etc. I mean, it says literally here that they did not have very good years, but yeah, well, we throw them in the mix. Derek, sorry, can I ask you, we know that Atletico and UEFA have history. We know about uh, UEFA being complete muppets when they tried to close the Calderon for uh, racist chanting, which actually Marseille players, when they were explained that it was actually cunt that the fans were chanting and not monkey said Marseille players actually came out and said, OK, we accept this, Atletico Madrid are right. Uh, they still managed to close it because some Spanish police were forced to go into the Marseille section and take down a racist banner. And because the Marseille fans attacked them, for some strange reason, Atletico the Calderon was shot. We also know that in a, in a book that revealed all the history of the Europa League and the UEFA Cup, that key moments of Atletico's 2010 victory was not printed. For example, Kike Sanchez-Flores' name did not appear on the list of winners. Do you think that this may have something to do with a UEFA conspiracy against Atletico, or is that just kind of maybe exaggerating the situation? It is possible that the fact that there are thousands of people at Atletico games still making comments <laughs> chanting about uh, Platini's mother, that's also not helping our cause. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, the, the nice chats for, uh, about Platini are surely not helping our cause. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, I, I don't know. Um, the, do, do you guys really think in this? Cons- don't you think this is a bit far-fetched and a bit of a conspiracy theory altogether? I'm, I mean, I'm. I, I, I when when I used to s- sit in the stands and, and not not write about Atleti, I, I would tend to believe in these conspiracy theories, but the more you get into this, the more it all sounds, I don't know, a bit... I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I know. you start adding I know. it you're, up... You're not... You're not um, you normally don't don't buy all that stuff, so... Yeah, it I just think, seems like a popularity contest, that's it, you know? But I think I mean, what... Sh- uh, sorry to interrupt you, Mario. I think that what this also proves is, once again, and we've talked about this before, the Europa League is... Um, well, it doesn't have any reputation at all. I mean, we've well, won just, this competition. Just, uh, but... Did you did you guys um, read or listen to Mourinho's comment the other day about Europa League? Mm. Um, the the day the day after well, when when they lost against Dortmund, they uh, they said that the, um, they were facing a real rival and not some Europa League match rival. <laughs> yeah, but I think that was Mourinho having a dig at Barcelona. Yeah, that was targeting Barcelona for, for ah, the rest. Uh, but I think what Derek, Celtic. But what Derek is saying, for example, uh, I mean, the Europa League is not respected. Okay, so then what? I mean, Ferguson didn't even. I mean, they got knocked out of the Europa League. Manchester United against Athletic Club de Bilbao. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It's, but don't you remember that when when we were talking about the European Super Cup that you were saying that in. in in um in England and Great Britain, it, it just wasn't uh, taken into consideration. As but a, it wasn't. A, but the cost. minute, for example, if Guardiola had a won that or Mourinho had a won it, they would have had it on the bloody website. Not only did they win the Spanish League and the Champions League, they also trashed Chelsea 4-0. I mean, it's 
Okay, I understand maybe the English press and they don't jump on it, they don't celebrate it as much, but it was still a pretty decent achievement. I mean, Atletico didn't win the uh, the European Super Cup; they destroyed it. I mean, they were really impressive that night, and it really showed that the it was a. I think the biggest winner of that night wasn't Atletico. I think the biggest winner was the Europa League. There, there aren't there that. aren't that many Europa League or UEFA champions uh, for the fact that have been able to defeat the Champions League champion. Not just defeat, destroy him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, well, it I, think, I think it's been a couple of years now that it, it alternates every single year. Like, you can almost predict it. I saw Mr. Chip before the Inter Super Cup. He, he said that it was Atletico's turn because, like, for the past eight or ten years or something like that, the winner of Europa League would win and then the Champions League. It would alternate. It's like... I think that only well, happens yeah. when a Spanish team wins the Europa League because Sevilla and Valencia have both taken the prize while they, um, where they beat the, the Champions League finalists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I checked this the other day, actually. Um, I think it's since, since 2003, it's alternated every year. Um, yeah. I think you had Sevilla beating Barcelona by a similar score, 4-1 or something. But um, yeah, this was the last year in Monaco, so uh, yeah, it might change next year. Yeah. Um, they're playing in Prague next year, aren't they? I think so, and then Wales the year after, I think. It's going to be a different venue each it's, year now. It's already set for the next few years. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure, anyway. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> now that we have Billy uh, aboard, um, uh, can I ask you about uh, La Cantera? Maybe you, you, we can do a, a rundown on on um, what your view is on, on Atleti B. It's, it's not every day that we get... Uh, such an in-depth specialist um, on on the show, and it it would be great to 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 have your thoughts about how the team is doing. Um, I, I think that um, it's it's failing to be consistent, and uh, Alfredo isn't managing to get good results in a row. Um, although the last uh, result was was very positive. What's your view on that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the team has been really consi- uh, inconsistent. I mean, they started the season with uh, four defeats in a row. Then they won three, and then I think they went and drew the next few, and then uh, they had a great performance on Sunday, winning three 0 against Marino. Um, but I think they're starting to show signs that you know they could have a good team this year. I mean, individually, you got a lot of good players in there, like Oliver, Saul, Kader, and Pedro. Um, but there's been some frustrating games, like Tenerife the other day. They lost four uh, 0 um, But if you watch them on Sunday, you know they're playing the ball around really nicely, keeping possession. So mm-hmm. I think that's what Alfredo's trying to do. And uh, this week they play um, away at Sporting B, and I think if they win, they can uh, go quite near the playoffs. So, and um, um, I think they can put Oliver a good run together are, and start mm-hmm. getting rid of all this inconsistency, really. Yeah, and Sol and Oliver are finally getting some minutes together. Uh, yeah, I mean, at the beginning of uh, the season, there was the big thing I went in the press about they weren't playing and they weren't in the first team either. But you know, they both uh, have good fitness at the moment. They both played really well the other day. And Saul, five goals this season, and also playing in the first team, really looking like uh, he can step up for a high level now. So, yeah, things are looking a lot better now for Atleti B. Well, and, and, and last Tuesday, um, we got a really funny tweet by you. I'm saying that the, the only Obama you you were worried about was Solomon Obama. And for him to keep his scoring streak, right? <laughs> yeah, the election just um, it possessed me to have a look at how he was doing. I think it was... 13 goals in four games this season. So, not yeah. bad, not bad, not a bad track. <laughs> and 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 at Leti C, we're, we're, we're finally, um, I think it was Ivan Calero that scored last week, wasn't it? 
Uh, yeah, I think they won one nil, and Calero got his first goal of the season, and I think they were fourth at the moment as well. So, uh, yeah, they're starting to do better after a bad run. They can only be promoted if Atleti be promoted as well. So it doesn't look likely, but you know, men are doing another good job after the one he did with the under 18s last year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, things looking promising for them as well. Yeah, Martin, you want to mention something? Yeah, I'd like to mention our like superstar here, Billy. Uh, <laughs> he, he had a tweet that went around the universe, man. It was cited by every single like news source, every single sports news source, TV, radio, print. It was mentioned Billy, on Dutch was, TV. It was mentioned on BN Sports, my local yeah. uh, La Liga channel. And too bad they didn't credit Billy. What did you tweet? Sorry? What did you tweet, Billy? Oh, um, yeah, we saw Messi, his son was born last Friday, I think it was. And I don't know what, what made me look it up, but I worked out, um, he was exactly the same amount of days younger than, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's son, than, uh, the parents were, than Messi was younger than Ronaldo. And I just, I just tweeted it on Twitter and I think it got 3,500 retweets and, wow. <laughs> uh, on the radio over here everywhere, really. It just went crazy. It was on Ast, it was in, in Portugal, I saw it. Yeah, and then, and it in some of the papers here as well. Yeah. Congrats to you too, Ricky, because I saw that uh, Mario Suarez himself retweeted uh, your article on uh, his uh, uh, seven years yeah, of that. Yeah, really happy. I, I, I really hope that means you liked it, <laughs> because I'm probably going to get to see him on, on, on Sunday af- afternoon. So, yeah, it was it was great having him retweet it, really exciting. I think the guy, I think the guys like Coke, Juan Fran, Mario, they really love, they are really involved with all the the social media and Twitter, especially. And yeah, we already. I think I think they don't read in English because um, you guys write better than we do in in Spanish. But well, at least um, we already got retweeted by Juan Fran when we when we wrote a piece about um, Juan Fran um, uh, playing a full year for for Atletico, and and that was very nice of him, and that that. Really bumped our our hits uh, for the Forsaletti dot com website, so it was really nice to have Mario read it. Well, okay, hey Ricky, Coca favorited one of our reports one time, right there. Oh great! Yeah, right. And right. for all our female listeners, I have a little advice though, because I noticed there's a pattern with Juan Fran and Felipe, especially who retweet a lot of uh, pictures from. Uh, women would tweet to them, so yeah, if you want to get some uh, some fame, just go ahead and uh, approach them on, on online. <laughs> okay, guys. So um, looking ahead at Hetafe um, and and what what we have after Hetafe, um, seriously, are you guys um, worried after after the two last results? And especially, do you think that Simeone is worried that that we won't get a positive result? No, I don't think so at all, man. I think we're going to just turn it around this weekend right away. A prediction? Big win against Atafi. Uh, 3-1. Wow. Okay. Positive. Um, yeah. What about, uh, what about you, Gary? 2-1. 2-1. 2-1. Um, we'll notice the difference? We'll feel the heat? Will it be a, a, a 2-1 um, uh, with, with um, an initial... Getafe goal, or do you think it will be a quiet game? I think uh, it all depends. The ter- first uh, 30 minutes is where we're going to see the lie of the land. Um, Luis Garcia is going to tell them to go out and enjoy. As I said, I mean they can lose five nil. They can 
win one nil, it's an extra bonus for them. So I think the I think it might end up being like a one one, and we'll get a goal maybe in the eightieth minute or something like that. Mm-hmm. Billy, um, what can you see happening? Um, I think I put in the Atletico fans prediction league uh, 2-0 uh, I think Falcao will return with a goal uh, I think I've got a bit of a reputation for my negative predictions but I think <laughs> we'll come out with a response and <laughs> get a reasonably comfortable win Well you're probably the most retweeted guy of the week so um, <laughs> very respectable um, Derek what do you think? I would love for Atletico to keep a clean sheet because I think we've only had a handful of those uh, this season so I'm going for 2-0 Two nil sounds sweet uh, for me as well, and uh, I'm I'm really uh, wishing to see the the starting team again and and take this the sour um, feelings that we we got especially against Valencia um, because um, I really wasn't expecting um, the the game the way it developed and uh, I think we we were all um, I, I don't know, like imagining a different type of game. Um, b- b- before we go, I, I want to uh, thank the the four of you for for being on the show. And well, Billy, it's it's been a brief while because you had some technical problems at the beginning. But thank you again for for coming onto the show and for for talking about um, Cantera and talking about Letty with us. Uh, thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem. Sorry, it's a short one, but yeah, hopefully more involved next time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it would be great to have you on. Martin, thank you very much. All right, see you in 11 days. That, that's it. Um, wow, counting down. <laughs> yep. Derek, see you in 11 days too. No, a bit. A bit. No, he's a little longer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, see you soon too as well. All right, guys, we're going to make a spectacular visit, but uh, I'm pretty sure I'll talk to you guys in the meantime. Yeah, and Gary, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks very much, guys. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be on the next one because since I'm being Silvio, I come one and disappear for another tree. So, yeah. yes, I did hear the Silvio comment. You wankers, all of you. <laughs> but but you were you were especially consistent this episode, so we're probably going to change it from Silvio to Domingo Thisma or something like that. Yeah, thanks, guys. You, you've got a Thisma upgrade. And thank you very much for staying up late because we know you work really early tomorrow morning. All right, guys, listen, it's a pleasure as always. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks. So this wraps up another episode of Red and White Passion. Remember to send your views by Twitter at ThisIsAtLetty, Facebook at Facebook.com slash ThisIsAtLetty, or by email on info at ThisIsAtLetty.com. If you're a new listener, we hope you enjoyed the show and that you will continue to listen to us. You can subscribe to the podcast or download it via iVox or iTunes. Thank you for Southletic. If you would like to advertise on This Is Atleti, contact us via email on info at thisisatleti.com.